0: Bye. Bye.
1: Everybody, uh, happy Sunday to you, Nico, and to you, Joe, as well.
2: Happy Sunday, man! Happy Sunday,
1: yeah. Uh, today I'm going to briefly start off, and this is for some of my old students that may be watching or people that knew me through the years. Uh, it was 12 years ago today that one of the greatest men I ever met, my closest, dearest friend, him and Kevin. Mm -hmm. Um, were my two closest dearest friends um, Uncle Vinny, Uncle vinny Caputo died 12 years ago today November 8th and it's a very difficult day for me um, he died two days before his birthday um, as well and I just want to say that you're you're in my thoughts uncle Vinny. 12 years goes by and it's not I I, I don't there's I always think of you and I'll never stop thinking of you uh, anyhow like I got an email from one of my guys that's uh, studying and uh, distance, and he asked about knife. Uh, the, you know that the attack in France, and um, and how I would have handled it, or what catch wrestling does. And I responded to him. I made him a little video, and I basically said, first and foremost, the way I teach, I'm the only one that teaches the way I teach. Okay, with the whole shebang strikes, weapons. I I teach an amalgamated style here, um, very intense. And I could not answer his question about the France thing, because I'm not aware of exactly how it went down, specifically. So I don't want to give, I like to give direct advice on things that I've dealt with, or if I saw a scenario, I could say, "Here's what you need to do," or "Here's what you should have done," and so on and so forth. So, I made I made him like a little five minute, well, it was longer than that, probably like a fifteen minute video, just discussing things and strategies and so on. And he thought it might have been a good idea to to address it here on the uh, uh, the podcast. So, Eric, I'm doing this for you and others i have been the victim of well i hate to use that term victim right but that's like in my vernacular and it sucks because it's not not nobody's a victim unless you want to become one that's a state of mind but i've been on the um i've been involved in knifing situations uh many times unfortunately and i have scars in that my face right here my back my forearms you know my gut i mean i've i my chest i got stuck in the right in the chest. Um, I, I've, I've had a lot of that. So uh, I have probably a unique, I don't know if it's unique, but to me it's unique because I, I have a different approach to how I deal with weapons in general, but today we'll keep it specific on knife. Um, I'd like to start off by saying, if you go up against a true knifer, you probably don't have a chance because you will never even see it coming. Okay. Um, it's not like a martial art movie, although it, it, it can be, but against us, uh, a true knifer, a, a guy that actually literally practices this stuff. Um, you, you won't see it coming. Uh, as a matter of fact, something happened. Joe pr- might remember this. I don't remember how many years ago now. I, I want to say I still had the gym because I, cause I Thought I was talking about this with Kevin, Uh, but somebody got their throat slit in in Stone Park because we used to have our gym in Stone Park many, many years ago. But I I believe this story is probably four or five years old. I guess it started somewhere this arguing argument, and then the uh, the uh, the one guy left to go to some restaurant to get you know carry out Mexican breakfast or whatever. And the assailant followed him and came right behind him and just reached around and slit his throat. Okay. And he was dead on the spot. Um, and that, I, I got to say, that happened within the last five to six years. Um, so when that's something like that happens, you know, you, there's no defense to that. I mean, you're caught off guard. It's a sucker punch kind of situation. So, but in general, what I, my approach is. I look at the person as the weapon, not just the knife in his hand. Now, I've trained a lot of guys that have come from a variety of martial arts. And I'm not here to say that, like, you know, the Japanese kind of wrist locks like this, you know, won't work or this or that. I'm not going to get into that debate. I'm going to try to use common sense and be rational with people here. The hand is quicker than the eye. Okay, so trying to follow around somebody that's doing, you know, stuff like this. Uh, the that it's that's a that's a task okay uh, look at a magician who can do sleight of hand and does um, distractions you know this hand may be doing something to get your attention while well, this is the hand that's actually doing the the magic act or the the uh, the knife attack so to speak so, I learned at a young age that the quickest and the best thing to do is knock this guy out if you can't just look at. So if he's like this, let's say, and he's got that knife low, you 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 got a lot of his body open. Okay. He's psychologically thinking that you're going to be following that knife and worrying about that knife. I told this guy, Eric, and I'm going to tell all of you people that I would rather get a slash than I would. A stick. Okay. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want it to go through my vital organs and whatever. I will sacrifice the outside portions here of my arm and of my legs. I want to watch my neck. I want to watch, you know, throat area. I want to watch my liver because that the liver is where you have a whole lot of blood. And I want to watch the femoral artery. I don't want to bleed out. Okay. Um, getting cut out here, lacerations, I've had that. They, they last a couple weeks. And then you're okay. Um, I did get stuck. Javier knows about this in the gut. Um, I actually had a student with me, not when it happened, but subsequently. uh, And that was, I don't know how long ago that was now. I got to think about it. But it was six, seven years ago. Um, And it worked to my advantage, believe it or not, because the knife was in me. And that was okay. And then I was all that, you know, didn't obviously kill me. So I was able to, it was two on one. I was able to, you know, beat the shit out of these guys. Okay. Thankfully. Um, But it could have been much worse, but that was, again, it was a surprise. I didn't even see it coming. Okay. That happened to me when I was younger in Cleveland and I got stuck in the chest walking right around the corner of my street. There was a uh, super, uh, not a supermarket, but you know, like a little neighborhood market store, And they were right out in front and boom, they just, they didn't work. They weren't looking for me in specific. They were just looking for anybody. And I happened to be the wrong guy at the wrong time. So through the years, I toyed with making a video on weaponry. And I think I even alluded to it on the snap, no tap. Well, you've got to know how to fight first. Any trick that you want to rely on, like a gimmick or this or that, uh, may end up costing you your life. Um, I also tell everybody that the penitentiaries in this country are not loaded with Filipino-trained knife fighters. Okay, most of the people that are in prison for knife attacks were not necessarily trained martial artists or something. They're just they go into a rage and you know they do what they got to do. Um, so these are things that you have to bear in mind. You you can read the newspaper or read, read the internet, uh, you know, women stabbing men or this or that it happens. Okay. Uh, just with your ordinary kitchen knives as a matter of fact. So, um, a knife is what's the word I'm looking for? Not handy, but there people have more access to knives than they would to a gun. Okay. So the potential is there Damn near anywhere you go. Now, think about it. Any restaurant you go to may have a steak knife that can be used as a weapon against you. Uh, schools, wherever. Okay, so the weapons are there. That that knife is there. Um, the potential for you to get stuck with it, stabbed, is there. Okay? Um, so my take, again, I want to reemphasize this. <clears throat> I want to take you out. Subsequently, the weapon will go. If I focus on the weapon, then I still have to focus on you. Now, that doesn't mean that if you give it to me on a silver platter, I'm not going to go for it. But you have to work on your reflexes, and uh, not necessarily reflexes, but your urge to grab that knife, okay? Because you'll cut yourself to begin with, all right? But it's like instinct, right? You want to grab it, you know, and think – and you just have to watch. You know, if you can get in, bar the arm, throw the guy, fine. But, you know, good knockout punch, kick, whatever it, whatever it is. Uh, look at him and all of his vulnerabilities. The moment he puts that knife on you or at you, uh, he's looking at you as the target. you got to turn that mindset around quickly, okay? So you have to look at him and, or her. And look at all the openings that that person uh, gives you. Let's make one thing also clear. It's not a fair fight, okay? Uh, You're going to probably get stuck. You're going to get stabbed. You're going to get slashed or cut or whatever word you want to use. You just want to live through this and come out normal, okay, without any disabilities that you'll be carrying for the rest of your life. That's how I feel you that's winning a knife fight or not even a knife fight. If you don't have a, if you don't have a knife, it's really not a knife fight. Um, it's, it's scary shit. Okay. Uh, and it, me being a child of the seventies, really a kid of the seventies, um, the knife kids had them and, you know, so there's kind of like a, I don't know, I freaked out more the first time somebody drew a gun. And to this day, I'd rather face a knife than a gun. Okay. Um, And I'm in a unique position because I've been involved with both of these more than once. And trust me, nothing gets my (laughs) attention more than a gun. Um, But I doubt I'll ever do a video on it because you know, with the pirating and you know, all of that jazz it's, not a you know it's just not a you know I just don't want to do it all right and and put all the time and effort in it and get everybody coordinated and then not make a dime on it, um, and that's a shame. But for those who want to train with me, yeah, you can. We can eventually cover that, but not right away. You know, you got you got to learn your tools. Um, I you you read about people who get stabbed repeatedly. Uh, I. It's, you know, it, it's almost like getting into the mind of a psychopath. You know, once they start to stab uh, and they get, let's say a person's never done it before and they're in a rage and they stick you. Once they make that first attack, the subsequent attacks become easier and easier and easier. It's, it's, it's so, so what I'm getting at is with some people, They have to be provoked or whatever it is. I'm not saying you did anything wrong to get stabbed, but whatever it is that pushed them over the edge, once they start, it becomes easier and easier for them to do it during the course of that attack. So um, that's why many times you'll read about somebody who had 17, 18 stab wounds, you know, or more. Um, You got to be careful. And I think it's something that grapplers are super in danger, you know, ground fighting. You know, because that puts you with such close contact, no matter if you're on the top or the bottom, to get stuck. And, uh, you know, you could get cut with a box cutter or something. Like Nico's a construction kind of guy. He may even have a screwdriver on him. Whatever it is can be used as a weapon. It doesn't actually have to be the knife itself, but you can get stuck with objects, especially in close distance. I show on my Snap note Tap how I did a standing grappling thing where I with Acosta, where I was kind of frisking him while grappling, um, to see if he had anything on him—knives, guns, whatever—you know, what whatever I sense that could be potentially a weapon. Um, I don't wish this on anyone. I don't want. It. I, I've said it years ago, and I'll say it again. I don't like weaponry. I, because I've been a victim of it, and I know others that have died from it. Uh, I'm an old school, honest, let's fight, fair fight, fair fight type of guy. And unfortunately, in the real world, a lot of people aren't like that. So I never said, "Boy, I wish if I had a knife or if I had a baseball bat, I never, I always used to say if they didn't have that knife, if they didn't have that baseball bat, that's my mentality. Okay. I think we discussed this on this show before. But cool. Calm and collected. The three C's. That's what you have to have in a situation with that knife. You want to use your shirt if you can. Take your shirt off and practice this. Practice taking your shirt off and using that as a, you know, a a, a shield. Take your jacket off if you have a jacket. Practice that. And now I told Eric in the video that I made for him, I normally wear a vest, a sleeveless vest when I go out. Normally. Not always. But I have one jacket that looks good on me. Some girl bought it for me. That You know, it looks good. Problem, it's got cuffs, you know, elastic here around, the, around your wrists. That jacket's a pain in the ass to get off, especially if you're wearing a wristwatch. That's no good, okay? I don't want to wear clothing that I can't take off in a, in, a, in a heartbeat to use to defend myself, okay? The other thing, use a chair if you have access to one. Bring that chair up. Use that almost like a fencer would to keep the guy at bay. Now, and you can, you can practice using that chair. I mean, not just as a defensive tool, but use it offensively, you know, push him back, push him back, use it to, you know, try to get rid of that knife, whatever. These are techniques that you should, you should practice. Pick up a TV tray if you have to. Okay. Uh, If you're in in a house, because a lot of these things happen in a house, you know, Learn how to pick up a friggin', um, what do you call it? Uh, coffee, not a coffee table, but you know, like a nightstand or whatever you call it. Those are light. The hell with with if there's shit in there, you know. Just you got to work on this. You got to you got to learn how to improvise weapons. Okay, this is the key. This is going back to the jazz mentality, jazz music, and how I learned to improvise through jazz. Same with fighting. You can sit in your room. While you're watching TV, watching when you're watching, well, you guys don't like football, but let's say you did, or whatever movie you're watching, and just look around your room, or look at the TV show that you, and look at the room on the TV, and say, "Hey, I could, he could use that as a weapon, or I could use that as a weapon." You know, this is training without training. I mean, literally, I tell people you could get three hours of training in every single day without you even realizing it. Do you know where everything now? Here's a question for Nico, not you, Joe, because you don't drive that much. You you take the train. But Nico, do you know where everything is in your pickup truck? Like, meaning if you had to quickly grab a weapon of now, I'm not talking gun. I'm talking something you can create yourself. Do you do you know where do you do you know where you could grab something quickly in your truck? Yes or no? Yes, I do. That's yeah. Now, I'm not going to ask you what it is because you just keep that to yourself, right? I got multiple items That's within reach. That's what you need, man. That's what you absolutely need. And Joe, for you or others who take public transportation, it's the same thing. You may not want to be walking around with chens or ninja needles or something, shurikens and stuff like that, because you know that, that could be an issue. However, you have to find something that you can use as, as a weapon. And I'm going to give you a hint. <clears throat> it's something that one of the things that most of us have at all times, and that's a belt. Okay.
2: That, that's what I was about to ask you about a belt. Cause I'm Ab- always, I always wear one
1: apps a lootly, but learn to use the buckle end, you know, wrap the, the, uh, leather end in your hand, use the buckle part, um, and start flailing away or whatever. Practice this. Okay. Um, And practice getting that belt off. You know, I know Joe has a lot of practice getting women's belts off, but you (laughs) got to practice getting your own belt off. And I'm serious now, all kidding aside, you got to practice getting that belt off in a hurry. Um, You know, uh, again, going back to Nico, because Nico's in a construction line. um, I remember many years ago. When I, I think when I first moved to Chicago, I had to get a. Uh, I told you that they broke into my motel room and stole all my stuff. So I had to get a quick job to get some cash so I could get musical equipment and whatever. So I got a job through, through a temp agency working in a warehouse and I had to have steel toe shoes. Okay. Now steel toe shoes can be great in a fight. You know that. <clears throat> so for someone like not Joe, because you know he's an office guy, but you know Nico. I mean, they do make steel toe um, dress type of shoes. They do. I've seen them, um, and 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 that could be for some people. Maybe not Joe specifically, because Joe can handle himself pretty good. But for those who may not, you know, who, who take public transportation or who just you know want a little more security, look into dress steel toe shoes because they cannot hurt you. They can help you. Um, so I really think if I can give everybody watching a lesson today or a pre- something for you guys to practice is just go in one room of your house every day. Go, you, let's say you have a five room house. This will take you five days. Don't do it all in one day. Go into every room and just study it. Okay. Study your room. Look around, study it. Now, here's the trick. I don't care how long it takes you, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I want you to leave the room. I want you to go into another room, and I want you to write down everything you saw in that room, everything. There's a clock on the wall, and the clock is on the left-hand side, and it's approximately six inches from the other wall or what? You know, whatever. Write out everything as perfectly and as descriptive as you can, and then go back in there and check for accuracy. Okay, like I got a bookshelf where this, like over here in this line of view, it's built into the wall. One, two, three, four bookshelves or four, four levels. I would have to write down everything. Okay, on the top I have these little DVDs. On a second shelf I have encyclopedias. On a third shelf I have magazines and, uh, you know, athletic books and so on. Write it all out and start working your mind so you know instinctively, and then and then start getting quicker at it. You know, then tomorrow I'll do the next room and so on and so on and so on. And everywhere you go, start, you know, ki- assessing everything so you can get this down pretty quick. Okay, it, it's, it's all about being observant. I've been laughed at, not laughed at, but like, well, maybe, maybe they laughed at me behind my back. But people always say I'm too tense, right? I'm an intense guy when I go out because I, I know the violence can happen. Uh, my one friend, he, he no longer owns the, the place, but it's gone. The place is gone, but he owned a bar on the north side of Chicago. I was not there this night, but you know, I would, I ended up beating up the the, the neighborhood tough guy in there once, but somebody got killed in that, <clears throat> leaving that bar. It was a, it was a gangbanger versus Chicago cop thing. Okay. It started in his bar um, and it, it ended up, happening on the road in a car you can look this up too it's i'm sure it's still on there and i don't remember if they if the guy got shot on belmont or if it happened on the highway but the bar was on belmont so joe you might be able to look at, look it was near belmont and central um anyway it, it it can happen and and you know you have to be prepared you you cannot assume the best. I always take the worst approach. I look at the worst thing that can possibly happen. Um, and then go from there. And, and I, if you're a drinker, if you're a drug user, uh, you need to train when you're drunk, you need to train when you're hopped up. I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, if you never leave your house, but on Friday nights, you go out to the nightclub, get tanked up. Well, you know, can you fight when you're drunk? (laughs) <laughs> Think about. It. I'm not trying to be funny. You know this. This is what you got to do. Um, you have to be prepared. So do that observance thing. Look in your room. Memorize everything. Write it down. You'll be shocked unless you, unless your room's pretty barren. You'll be shocked at what you miss. And if you don't miss anything, and you got it down. You're a good man or woman. So that's pretty much all I can talk about right now without demonstrating anything. Um, uh, but just use the person, look at the person and assess him or her and look at their vulnerabilities. Just don't be obtuse and, and completely ignorant of the knife. Be cognizant of it, but don't give them a, t- like don't stand in front of them like I am now. There. Um, yeah you know, you, you'd want to give them something more like this, you know, so they're not, you know, and don't, again, protect your liver with every, you know, don't lead with this side of your body. Okay. Don't ever do that. Don't give them that chance to get to your liver Um, and watch your neck. Keep it down. Keep everything nice and tucked. You know, that's how I ended up getting slashed here. This guy was going for my neck. The asshole wanted to, you know, um, go for the carotid artery. He didn't get it, you know, because I blocked it. Boom. And he got me right here, right along here. So I can't, I could never grow a beard if I wanted to. There'd be no hair here. Cause I mean, that was pretty slack. I was pretty, it was, you know, it was pretty bad. That was a bad nasty ass cut and nothing ever grew back. So um, that one was pretty bad, you know, and then watch your eyes, make sure the guy doesn't try to stick you in your eye. Um, That's a little bit more difficult to have done. But anyway, that's my little take on it. I and again, if you're studying Hopkido, Do, Filipino knife fighting, continue. But like I said, don't get so wrapped up in the weapon that you forget that the person himself is a weapon. It could be he could easily switch hands. You know, you may be so wrapped up in this knife that he just switches hands and starts sticking you or something. Knock the guy out, choke him out, throw him like Shoni before I had to leave my show the show last week. Shoney was talking about you know skying people, throwing them up, up in the air. If you can throw, if you can get in there, that's fine. But just remember, when if his hands are behind you, like in a bear hug kind of thing, you're, you know, he can still stick you. He could stab you in the back. He could stab you. You know, got to be. <clears throat> I, I, I've seen uh, guys sparring with knives. You know, and it's 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 a game. It Becomes a game. And you know, you you just trust me on this. When your life's on the line, it's not a game anymore. Okay. It's, it's, if it is the game, it's called the game of life. Remember that board game? Well, that's the game you'd be playing, but it's really not a game. You have to take this seriously or you'll, you'll die. So that's about all I have to say about that. That's my Forrest Gump. Hey, Tony,
2: I've, I've talked to a lot of people that got stabbed and all of them told me the same thing that they didn't realize they were getting stabbed when it was happening. Did that happen to you when, at any point
1: when you got, attack with a knife in some yeah actually funny i got uh somebody tried to mug me they had an outside atm on irving park near six corners and i screwed the guy up pretty bad man i I, and then i'm i had a girlfriend at the time lived on the south side and i called her in the car afterwards i don't want to get into all that but then i realized that i was bleeding in the car he had slashed, slashed me pretty good shame on me for not seeing that knife but he had it it was a uh specialty it was a hidden this guy was a pro uh but normally yeah you can get stabbed and not know it absolutely but most of the time in that one incident sticks out in my mind that I did not see the knife I did not know he had gotten me um before I could you know before I messed him up but the for me you get two kinds of people right I, I can I can pretty much group them into twos The ones that are are trying to scare you, this is any kind of robbery or mugging, or let's say, many times they they may not really want to hurt you, really. I mean, they just want your money probably, right? So you get that type. Then you get the other types that, you know, just want to hurt you. They want to kill you if possible, okay? And, you know, obviously that's a higher threat level. Um, But I mentioned this on a show before, and I'll mention it again. When I see a knife or a weapon of any sort, that allows me legally to ele- elevate my, uh, <clears throat> my response, okay? So I'm now in legitimate danger for my life, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to act appropriately. So for your friends, thankfully, they survived, Nico. It's a shame they didn't see the knife unless it was, you know, again, a surprise attack or it came from behind You don't have eyes in the back of your head, no matter how well trained you are. So, but for me, yeah, normally I have seen it. Okay. I I have seen it, but like I said, when I got stuck in the chest, when I got stuck in the stomach, I didn't see that knife. Obviously I knew I got, I, I got knifed because the shit, for those of you who have never had that happen, the first sensation is burning. Okay. At least with me just felt like somebody poured lighter fluid on you and lit, lit you up. Um, uh, not so much on the arms, the arms were this, this part, just, I don't know, maybe I'm not that sensitive there, but my torso. Yeah, boy. I don't like that. And then you got to think after it's all over and done with how lucky you, how foolish they were, <laughs> how lucky you were, you know, cause there's an element of luck to all of this. You have any questions, Joe? Well, I definitely have some observations
3: or um, thoughts about it. I mean, first to the, I think one of my big concerns, you know, you talk about being able to see the knife or not see it or not even know you're in a knife fight. I've heard stories, you know, some other gyms I've trained at that guys have been in like quick altercations, you know, and like they'll, they'll trade punches with some guy and only afterwards will they'll see that, Oh, my arms are cut up or whatever that. And a lot of times because lighting is poor, or, or whatever the circumstance is, it's not real obvious necessarily what you're dealing with. And that's what always been one of the big fears of mine or the idea of being sucker punched with someone who's holding something, something even like a blunt, something in their hands, like brass knuckles or something. Because then if you, when you have something like a knife or, or something like that metallic that they're holding, maybe they've got it, they just slipped it out of their back pocket even before you realized you're in a confrontation. Really, it's a one-shot deal and you're done. You know, you get hit in the head with something hard like that you know, you can, you can be put, it's hard to recover from a shot like that. So I've always been, you know, try to mentally rehearse if someone I don't know, or someone seems to be approaching me to already be kind of keeping my distance, you know, and assume they have a weapon that assume that I, you know, like, you know, if I was going to box with someone, I can handle a few shots maybe, you know, unless they're Mike Tyson or something, I can usually get into my guard and use my footwork, but if they have a weapon somehow and I've missed it, you know, if I miss that initial shot, it's, it's game over for me. Likely, you know, that they will definitely rock me on my heels.
1: Well, Uh, there was a former heavyweight champ that got beaten to death with a pipe. um, Not too long ago. So yeah, you're, you're on it. That's why it's, it's, again, you're talking about what I was talking about awareness. You're aware, protect your head because that's, that's your computer there. You know, that's, that's it. Your head goes, forget about it. You know, if you're knocked out or you're whatever, you know, discombobulated man, you're done. Um. This again, you talked about martial arts schools and this and that. It's a sport. If they turn things into a game, many, not all. I'm not, you know, going across the board here. If it's a, like playing with magic markers and all this, man, you're, de-hu- you're dehumanizing this. Okay. This is a serious thing. I said this before on the Lost Art of Hooking or one of the other shows or movie things that I did. I used to practice with real knives, not tape, with duct tape or anything. If I get cut, I get cut. It's the only way you're going to learn. And it gets that adrenaline going. Okay. Um, But you got, man, it's not a game, man. It's just not a game. It really isn't, man. I, I don't know how else I can, I can. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Oh, I got you, man. I got you with the magic marker, man. I got you. I've seen it. I've heard that exact thing. Now, they weren't doing it to me because I wasn't participating in their little game. But I was observing it. And I'm thinking, this is nuts. This is not the way you approach a, a serious life or death situation here. If you're training like it's a joke then your training is a joke. There's certain things that I take serious and human life is one of them. And I'm, I'm sorry to rant now, but i thinking back to this bullshit that I've seen. This is why martial arts schools have a bad reputation a lot of times. Because it's, oh,
3: anyway, go ahead, Joe. Well, the other thing I observed or I've seen and kind of to your earlier points, um, you know, in some ways, to, the way to think of a knife fight or knife attack, let's say you're involved in and you realize it, or even if you don't necessarily, but that it's really kind of needs to be traded like a very high stakes boxing match. You know, I'm still, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to grab his arm or get, You know, it's very, very low percentage. It seems to me that I'm going to be able to grab and hold on and get a, a disarm maybe. Um, but, you know, if I'm using my footwork in my parries, I just need to know kind of the way we approach boxing. Like we talked earlier on this podcast of how, You know, if you're practicing combinations of, you know, a dozen punches before you move out, that's not realistic. You need to do one or two shots and get work to get away because there's going to be something coming back at you. And I would think maybe if you elevate that even more, it's like, hey, I need to parry that knife as it's stabbing at me, try and get a shot in either like a low kick or a punch to the head and then get the hell back out again. So it's a very, you know, that kind of to your point is that I need to knock him out. I'm not going to be able to take that knife from him, but I need to, and this is where footwear practice comes, get in and out, be able to circle away um, and just slip in shots as you can to try and disable the guy, not get rid of the knife. It just seems like that.
1: Well, according to Johnny Lira, boxing kind of evolved, modern boxing kind of evolved a little bit from, from fencing. He used to talk about the boxing fencing um, connection. Okay. Uh, Yeah, footwork, angles, this is really the key. And again, guys and gals, make your own weapon. It's, you know, the guy or gal that's coming at you elevated this now. The weapons are now uh, a part of this. So you can do it too. Use your code. Like I said, whatever you can use, you know, whatever it may be that you can use, use it. And and you don't have to finish the fight with the let's say your improvised weapon. You can just use the, your improvised weapon to um, neutralize his or her weapon, and now you can go back to your empty hand abilities. Okay, because let's it it's just not fair, you know. It 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 changes everything when that person has a weapon. Uh, the, but let me backpedal a minute, backtrack a little bit with you, Joe. You. And, and this is really important. You, you you mentioned about being prepared and being aware and you don't want to get clubbed in the head. That's exactly right. You do not want to have the guy get the drop on you. Uh, it's bad enough. He's got the advantage. He's the aggressor. He You don't know what it is. You're not out there looking for trouble. You're just trying to mind your own business and all of a sudden some guy's coming at you. Yeah. And that boils back down to you know being aware, being aware of your surroundings, you mentioned thinking the worst, you know, being almost having a negative um, uh, take on it. That's fine, you know, and, and learn to let it go the minute the, the situation is over. Let's say a guy doesn't do anything to you. Whew, take a deep breath, you know, learn to breathe, you know, breathe properly, which I notice you have a problem with your breathing. Uh, and, and when you're in a fight like that, a life and death fight, breathing, it's always important to breathe properly. Never more so than when you're involved with a chance of losing your life, because you definitely don't want to start hyperventilating and and just you know going all goofy. Uh, you will not think clearly, so you need to you know uh, just nice and easy, okay, and and keep that breath going. Um. And and don't look at it like you're Billy Jack. You know you don't if you if you can't. If you can make an escape, then make the escape. You know, just survival is the most important thing here. It's it's no longer even destru- destruction of your opponent. It's it's your survival or your, the people that you you may be with that you that you're protecting. You don't you don't know where this can go. I do not believe that society now is worse than it was in the seventies because like I got told you I've seen it all. People getting killed. All this shit's happened throughout our history. Okay, there's there's nothing new, all right. So it's not like all of a sudden now people are hurting each other. No, we've all gone through that. Uh, th- this country, you know, th- the world really. Um, so start being proactive every day. Your drive, um, your drive to work. If you're driving in a car and you go to the you go to work, know your route. Know where the nearest gas station is. Know where the nearest supermarket is or Walmart. Know where the nearest police or fire department is. You need to know these things, okay? Because let's just say the the worst happens to you. You need aid, all right? And it may be quicker for you to drive to the nearest, you know, fire department for a medic or a hospital, right, before waiting for a 911 thing to arrive. You don't know, okay? You should know these things. It's really imperative. Um, and yeah, even, even a Walmart, a Walgreens, a, a, you know, a CVS. Why? Well, they'll call 911, but there is a pharmacist there. There should be. And these people will help you. They're not going to let you bleed to death, okay? They'll do emergency first aid if you need it in you know while waiting for nine one one um but you need to you need to be prepared. you need to know all these things you know just awareness is huge it's there's a lot to it it's it's an interesting and fascinating uh subject um, you know i I think I talked about this when I was a kid, young going grade school, you know horrible neighborhood everybody knows that right. Well, we used to have shit hidden in various people's yards, okay? Knives and shit, just whatever we could. We'd we'd have them hidden, uh, pipes, whatever, so that we knew if we were going to get jumped, we'd have to get to, like, you know, old lady Marie's house. We can make it to old lady Marie's yard. We can get, you know, an equalizer, okay? Um, Several of us... Kids did that, you know, we, we had shit stashed away, you know, and then you got to hope that it was there when you needed it, but you know, um, you have to have a plan. It sucks that I had to be raised against shit, you know, always nervous and worried about your life going home, coming to and from school, but man, it made me the way I am psychotic. Maybe, and not psychotic. What's the word I'm looking for? Paranoid and, you know, all anxious all the time, but you know, it, I don't, you know, I don't rattle. You know, so um, I'm glad we're having this discussion. We don't have much time today. We're going to keep this uh, podcast short. I guess you guys went really long last week, which is good. Uh, I do want to just get in that um, I talked to, well, I didn't talk, but I emailed Paul Dodds from the UK. Uh, Paul, the his nickname's The Blade. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We're talking about knife fighting. Paul, the Blade Dodds, and it's not because of knives. He's got the, I'll let him tell you how he got the nickname, but he will be appearing on our show. Uh, we're going to make a, you know, I'll set it up, you know, then we'll, we'll get him on here. He was the first enrollee in my tri C program years ago. Uh, he got to know uncle Vinny when he would come from the UK to train here, uh, hard as nails, great athlete, you know, super fitness guy set a f- couple world records and, uh, I'm highly proud of him and his mother and father are wonderful people. His brother, Robbie, Robbie Dodds. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having Paul, Paul Dodds on, on the show. Paul, the blade Dodds, dodds He's a great guy. Um, And, and he's complete opposite of me. Like physically, he's not, you know, he's not a big man. Uh, physically, he's a big man in his heart and maybe the biggest man I've ever met when it comes to heart. But yeah, I would love, we're going to have him on soon. Uh, maybe if not this month, December for sure. It'll be nice to hear, to, he'll class up this show a little bit with his little English, British, you know, accent and, and the way they, you know, they they talk funny over there. You know that, right? Yeah, they
3: didn't learn, learn english They need to learn proper english
1: yeah well yeah he'll he'll help you i mean this is this is you know he's been speaking english probably since he could speak right you would think i don't i don't know well yeah
3: i guess i should clarify we need him to speak proper american
1: yeah well audience that you know i don't know how how scholastic he is you know this say hey let's like when okay like us Italian Americans, we say, we say our Italian stuff here. Well, Paolo Giordani, one of my Italian students, he came over and is like, you guys don't even speak good Italian. It's Americanized Italian. And it it is, we, you know, we say things that they don't in Italy say, we pronounce things a little bit differently, you know? Um, And, and it's just the way it is, you know? Now I know in England, for example, they, they call the, um, what are they? they the bonnet or something on the car uh they they call uh snooker which is a pool you know this billiards game over there they call english which we call english they call it like screw <laughs> it's you know you just got to sometimes wonder <laughs> wonder where do they come up with these names or where do we come up with these names but i've known like russell stutely good friend of mine great martial artist he's doesn't live in england now but He's another British guy I've met. I've trained several from Britain. Um, just you already I should actually say the United Kingdom, you know, Wales, uh, you know, uh, Ireland, you, you know, just a lot of great people, man. Just I, I just you know, I think the more that people think we're different, the, the more we really are the same. You know, I, I've trained guys from all over like South Africa, you know, the. Asia countries, different Asian countries, they're all the same. You know, we all feel happiness and hurt and blood, sweat and tears and all of that. We're really more similar than dissimilar. Now, I love diversity. I just love learning about different things and seeing different cultures. That's part of the reason that, you know, I I love it. You know, so what are you guys going to do this week? Don't all answer at once. That'll just work for me. Not a whole lot going on.
2: How about you, Joe?
3: Well, I'm, I'm still uh, neck deep in this class I'm taking. It's a starting week four, and it's killing me, man. I, I've got, uh, yeah, I put many hours into that. Like I've got a, actually an online test to take after we're done with this here, and so I'm kind of buried in that. Uh, actually uh, dropping someone off at the airport, some people are heading to California in my family. So got that to do. So some shakeups there, but yeah, that's about it. Just kind of getting back to kind of getting my workout schedule going, but yeah, that's all I've got on the docket for now. How many more
1: lessons or how much more with the schooling?
3: Another four weeks. So it was an eight week course, you know, and it's one of those, I'm at that point where I like really regretting, Hey, why did I do this? But that's usually the phases I go through. You know, I get, ambitious, sign up for something. And then at this point I'm like, Oh, this was a mistake. But I know if I just push through, you know, I'm going to get, I'm already seeing benefits, you know, this is kind of work related stuff I'm doing, but um, I try and, I try and knuckle down during the fall. You know, it's kind of like when kids used to go back to school. So I try and keep that pattern going for myself. You know, it's like summer's over fun's over time to do something productive for myself. So, um, but yeah, it's going to go through Thanksgiving and kind of be a, but it is, it is a, like I said, the volume and the pace is, is because it's only eight weeks is, is, is kind of aggressive. It's, it's a bit of a drag.
1: <laughs> and you said your wife's leaving you and she's moving to California.
3: Uh, I'm not that lucky. No, it's only a partial thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's some family members there. Uh, my sister-in-law is, is having a baby and it's kind of a situation where having extra set of hands to help out over there would be good while well, she's, you know, she's expecting. So, um, yeah. So, alone for the holidays. I mean, Ben will be here, but you know, he's just off in his own world. So over here, can't come to come over
1: here, hang out. Cause it's going to be my, my mom and I, she doesn't, you know, I don't even think she's aware of that, you know, what's coming up, you know, Thanksgiving and everything. So. um,
3: That's a great idea. That'd be cool. And then, yeah, with the Turk, with the, you know, the, the carving knife, we can do practice some of these techniques we talked about.
1: Yeah. We could cook you. <laughs> we could have you for Thanksgiving dinner, or would you rather it be Christmas?
3: Well Christmas is if you're gonna be a holiday, you should definitely be the Christmas one. That's one everybody looks forward to.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, you and Ben come over. I'm serious now. That's no joke. You're welcome too, Nico. Everybody's welcome. You know, I mean shit. Nico, are you moving yet? I mean, have you found your house, new house? Yeah,
2: I found I found a place. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work before I can move in.
1: Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything about I don't know. I, I wish you all the best. I don't know what's going to happen over here with me, but, you know, we'll see playing a ear. here. Um,
2: so, Tony, when you got attacked by the ATM, how did that go down? Did the guy get you, like, from behind? or Did he approach you and say something to you? Give me your money.
1: I mean, you know, <laughs> give it up, chump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he was like, and I had the ATM. I had the cash in my hand. You know, I just got it out. So, like like the dumbass that he is, I go like this, you know, reaching it, you know, just, just instantly. He goes to reach it, you know, he's going for it like this, <laughs> like the dumbass that he is. So, one quick, swift kick in the nuts, left hook, picked him up, slammed him, top wrist lock one arm, spun around, top wrist lock the other arm. But when I got him on the ground, I must have hesitated or something because that's when I got cut and I didn't know it because there was no way he could, he, he reached in, you know. and and got me. It was nothing major. It was just my forearm. It was no big deal. Like I said, I didn't even know it until I got in the car and called my girlfriend up. You know? And uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But see, that's the thing. I use distraction. I used um. Uh, that's probably the word distraction. That's not the word I'm looking for, but uh what do you call that in magic? I mean, I do car tricks. I can't think right now. Um where like they-
3: misdirection.
1: misdirection. That's yeah. it. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Misdirection. I use misdirection here, you know, here and he reaches for it you know this is what i want i want his hands up high so this whole shit's open (laughs) not too smart on his part i was i i was smiling actually i just thought this was cool man boom and then you know it gave him a little left hook when he doubled up boom i could have done anything i could have him. i could have choked him or whatever i just was kind of pissed you know um because that was the second atm i had to go to so i was in a bad mood the first atm wasn't working Second ATM worked, right? So I was pissed. Pit. Oh, he caught you at the wrong time. It was sort. And then she starts in on me on the phone. Oh no! Did you call the police? I'm like, hey, I took care of the situation. All right. He's not going to be robbing anybody right now. Now he's he's crying here. He's got two broken friggin' arms, you know. And uh, that's a great thing, you know. I mean, literally, he was crying. You know, this guy isn't going to rob anybody anymore. Not for a while, you know. Um. So yeah, then just people. Uh, I'm more mad at her than I, you know, than I, at him. Um, oh, yeah. And I got it once in the parking lot over there in Melrose Park of, uh, of uh, Best Buy. And uh, just two loud mouths. And I was like, oh, I was like 40, 39. Let's see. I was 40 years, 40 years old, 40. And they, they say, hey, oh, man, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, you gotta be kidding me. Do I look that bad? And it was just a big mouth, a couple of big mouths, you know, same thing. And then, um, so my girlfriend, I, there's a different girlfriend now. Uh, so after I took care of that shit, the police, you know, the, the security guard came out. It was no big deal, but I mean, I got to, I got cut up a little bit. So, uh, you know, they, they went away in an ambulance. I went away in my car. So that's always a good thing. But I could not get a hold of my girlfriend. All right. She just wasn't answering the phone. So I went to, um, Eva's bar. You know, that's the only place I could think of going. And I walked in there and I said, hey, you know, give me a shot. I need some alcohol on my uh, arm here. You know, I said, let's clear, let's clean this, this, it's a Polish place. You know, I, I think they're closed permanently now because it is pandemic. Um, anyway, so she, when she was still alive, Eva, she took care of it. You know, she cleaned my wound, put a bandage on all, all good, you know, um, And then, you know, I don't know, maybe an hour or so later, my girlfriend called. Oh, what happened? why did you come and call? I tried calling you. You didn't answer your damn phone. You know, what do you want me to do? Well, why'd you go there? Why'd you go to Eva's? Well, because you weren't there. You didn't answer your phone. You know, she was all mad because she didn't get to fix me up. I said, don't worry, I'll get knifed again. I'll call you, you know. But yeah, it's stupid. You know, you just, your age, and this is the funny thing. I was 40, so I wasn't really an old man. But in their mind, I was. So what does that tell you? They don't give two shits. I could have been 70. They would have said, oh, easy, Mark. We're, we're going to get this guy. They weren't trying to rob me. They were just big mouths, okay? And I don't like it. You know, I don't like big mouths. I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. I'm like the – I'm the guy that bullies the bullies. I don't like bullies. And they were trying to bully me. If that was a big mistake, I, you know, I, I'm like, you guys – don't know what you're getting yourselves into here. You really, honestly, don't. I'm not in the mood. Let me go into the store and get what I need. And you guys have a good one, you know. And then the names they, they said the wrong name. They called me the wrong thing, and that was it. Done. How about how about when you got slashed in the face? How did how did that start? <coughs> Bar, shooting pool, um, back in Cleveland. I was uh, either I was about 19. I was just on the cusp. It was, yeah, it was just right before my birthday. So, um, yeah, just some loudmouth. You know, again, he was losing at the pool table, didn't like it. We're playing for a dollar a game. It was like nothing, right? What's the buck? He must have lost about four or five games. I don't really recall. And, um, yeah, I was, you know, getting ready to shoot. Again, you know, not on the eight ball or anything. We were playing eight, eight ball. And he came right up. I saw I saw it out of the corner of my eye. And then I was able to cover up. He got me right here. You know, boom. Because see, I'm exposed. You know, this is how I shoot. I'm right-handed. If you know, my left arm's out here. So there's no way he could get me. Here he could get me. I was wide open. But you're shooting pool. What do you, you know? I don't expect this guy to knife me in freaking in front of everybody. Oh yeah, man, that was uh and it was, and it healed, it didn't heal well. It just, you know, and like I said, I was pissed, man. It was my birthday coming up and, you know, I'm 19 and about to turn 19 and I want women, you know, I want to get girls. Now I got this shit on my face, you know, it's all bandaged. I had to go get it all bandaged up and all you know all that jazz. Um, never really, you know, you can, like right now, like I can feel this part. I can feel my beard a little bit, even though I shaved, it's there and here there's nothing. Yeah, but I luckily saw him coming. Otherwise he would he was going for my throat. (laughs) I mean, it's just all there is to it. And um
2: did he did he get you after he slashed your face? I got him. Any
1: other ones? I got him. No, no. He didn't get me. He got me then, but then I got him. I think he wrote a check that he couldn't cash. I, I think he just I don't think his heart was really in it. I mean, after that and it didn't get me where he wanted it to get me he kind of froze he was kind of like oh shit cuz i went nuts i went i went i went nuts and um you know i think joe seen me lose my temper i'm not sure but i lost my temper there was plenty of people in that place that were f- shit scared man they didn't know what what, what i was going to do cuz they didn't all know me that well there was a few in there that knew me but yeah that wasn't That wasn't in my neighborhood. That was in Euclid, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. And, um, you know, that was not good for him. But, you know, something when when this shit happens, you reflect on it. okay? and that was bad because, like I said, I had a scar on my face. You know, I don't mind scars other places because you can pretty much cover that up. But this is pretty long. I mean, let's see. It goes from. okay, so it's like that long. All right. What is that? Like, I don't know, four inches or something pretty long, but you know, he had the right, I mean, he had the right idea. I got to give the guy credit, man. You know, he had the right thought. Let's let's, let's get his, uh, you know, carotid artery. Let's get his jugular vein. You know, he, he knew what he was doing. I mean, he knew a little bit about anatomy. Apparently he might, he may have done this before. I, I don't know. Um, that's 40 years ago, almost no, not quite, but yeah, 30, almost 40 years ago, 19, 83 um yeah you don't you know it's just it's just a shame man that you know people have to all over a stupid one dollar a game he might have lost four or five bucks it wasn't much it wasn't like we were playing a hundred dollars a game and i wasn't hustling the guy i i don't i just say hey i can shoot good you know let's play you know i it's not like i came in there like trying to find a sucker you know um Oh, and we were playing for beer, too. So that's that's another thing, just to change the subject. For any of you guys that like to do that, I always tell everybody, no matter what you're playing for, if you're, you're not supposed to gamble, it's illegal. But if you gamble, whatever you're gambling, and a beer, always do that, and a drink. So the bar can make money if you're playing in a bar. Okay? So, you know, let the bar make money. The more the bar makes, the, the happier they will be to see you. They don't want to turn their place into a den of iniquity here. Um so yeah everything was always and a drink back then and you know they'll give you shot glasses they'll give you drink chips and sometimes i would just give them away here give it to give get give, give it to her or give it to him I, I i got enough but um i hope i don't have to go through that anymore man i just don't like i don't really like fighting i don't i don't like arguing i don't like i don't like it but it seems to just you know it happens you can't you know how it is nico you've been part of it you just and I don't believe this shit that oh we're Italians we're hot headed at that's stereotyping you know I, I I think i if I'm a hot head it isn't because I'm Italian it's because of my life experiences
2: when I was in high school there was i mean stabbings were very very common probably more com- a lot more common than gun violence and sometimes more common than just a regular fight there was always some time of some type of improvised weapon it seemed and um a lot of the stabbings like in my school they gang-related, but a lot of them were improvised shanks. Uh, They weren't regular knives. Most often it was some type of homemade blade. Right. Uh, They would make them out of anything. Uh, I remember one time a guy was getting stabbed. I was in a hallway, and the hallway was completely packed in my high school. I mean, shoulder to shoulder. But there was what seemed to be like a a fight right next to me. I didn't even see the, the, the shank. A guy was getting stabbed. I thought they were just punching each other you know I didn't even see it it was in his hand I didn't find out till later um, but a lot of times it was yeah people didn't know they were getting stabbed in the moment um you couldn't really see it sometimes and with the hallway full of packed with people it was
1: I mean it's like chaos nobody could get in to break up the fight and stuff well those homemade shanks are really effective because they can give you like what you think are like punches you know like yeah kind of things right yeah um, yeah you know and i think because of my now this is just me now this is not giving anybody advice but because of my boxing i i know how people are supposed to punch okay so you know when they would c- come at me like that I, I, you know i just assume right away that they that they're they're trying to stab me even if they're not I mean, some people don't know how to punch. But when I see those little things like that, that's why I think I've always been – the times that I've gotten knifed, I've, I've seen it coming. Uh, but the few few times, you know, two or three times that I didn't. Um, but, yeah, those kind of love love tap kind of things, I, I assume automatically that that's a blade because people don't punch. You know, tough guys don't punch like that. Yeah, I remember the one, this one fight in particular – to,
2: it was a gang fight and the guy was hitting it looked like they were throwing like it looked like the one guy was throwing like some really looping hooks and it was going to the back a lot of them to the side and to the back so he not, was act, he was actually shanking him but he, it was i mean you really couldn't
1: see it it was very hard to detect that's the thing that when when you're doing those wide attacks again that that's a sign that it's a yeah. knife okay uh, uh on you know and and be prepared i mean if it isn't a knife then you have your then it's easy because if that's the way the guy throws punches, then he's a joke. But when they're going, you know, when they're going wide like that, you know, like this shit, he's wide open. Okay. Damn. His ass out, take him out. Um, Excuse me. You know, it's shame on you. If you don't, I mean, the, the, the door's there. That's wide open. You know, the, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line while he's going wide. You go straight in, bam, boom, boom, double, triple it up. Boom, boom, hook whatever, um, work on it. I had a student of mine who did um, JKD, and he was, you know, doing these numbers, like, you know, like in boxing, you have the old one-two right cross – or uh, left, right, right. So he was like, oh, we do like 10, 12-punch combinations. I says, that's nuts. Don't stop it immediately because you don't want to be in front of a guy unless he's com- uh, comatose. You don't want to be in front of a guy that long, okay, unless you're like, you know, the Flash – and you, you, you throw 12 punches in a second. <clears throat> and that's kind of getting back to what Joe was saying earlier, too. You want to get in there quickly and get out. You know, just be a moving freaking target. But know your anatomy. Know your body. Don't move your liver closer to the guy. Don't move your freaking kidneys closer to the guy. Don't move your throat, your freaking femoral artery closer to the guy. Practice that. You can practice that. You don't even need a partner for that. Just go in front of a mirror. Or just don't even need to even just practice, not exposing, you know, keep this protected, keep your damn liver, keep your chin. down That's why when we talk, I see some of these profile MMA guys, especially with their heads sticking way out there their jaw. their I mean, God, man, no, no, no. Keep everything down. Tuck yourself, protect yourself. Like the boxing thing, protect yourself at all times. That's where conditioning comes into play. And that's where adrenaline control comes into play. Don't get wild. Don't start hyperventilating. Learn to breathe. Slow things down. And, and then you'll be okay. So anyway, it's 9 o'clock here, our time. We've been going for about an hour, a little over. I'm going to have to pull the pin. If you two guys want to continue, please go ahead. Uh, don't talk about me behind my back, though.
3: We know got- what you would do, so I think we're uh- – won't document it when we talk we don't record it
1: (laughs) there's always evidence (laughs) i gotta get running pretty soon anyway well then good then we'll we'll wrap it up um i hope for everybody listening that this wasn't too boring i hope it was a give you maybe a different insight and once again don't necessarily disband or discard everything that you've trained that you've learned maybe modify some maybe Eh, I don't want to use this technique anymore, but don't just like throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, use some of the tips that I gave or Joe or even Nico here with his insight and his history of violent uh, encounters and add them, you know, if you can to your uh, current style of fighting, but it all boils down to you have to have a viciousness in you, a controlled viciousness. Um, and, that's just how it is. There's just some people that just don't have that killer instinct. Um, and I I just really want those people to be careful. You know, I don't want to see anything bad happen to, you know, to, to the, the meek. Okay. Anyway, that's it. Uh, so I guess we're going to sign off until next Sunday, right? Yep. Have a good week, guys. You too, sir. Have a good week, guys. You too.